Welcome to We Are Already Free, a podcast helping free people to live their truth and be the change, rather than spending too much time fighting against what they don't want. Have you ever felt overwhelmed by how many bad things are going on in the world right now? Well, today's episode is definitely for you. Artivist Roman will remind you how to notice the good things right in front of you, which you might currently be missing. Roman shares how an angel reminded him to stay open to life, how trying to sell a car taught him about missing what is right in front of us, how even when things seemed to be falling apart, they were actually still coming together, and many, many more inspiring stories. Towards the end of our conversation, Roman shares the three foundations or mantras that he uses in his life. I love the simple wisdom of what he shares, so be sure to listen out for that. I'm your host, Nathan Maingard. I was nearly crushed by my attempts to fit into the box our society calls being a good citizen. I now dedicate my life to supporting seekers like you in remembering that we are already free. If this podcast serves you, please, please take a moment to leave a review so other seekers can find this simple reminder and realize that they are not alone. Now, please enjoy this conversation with my dear brother, Roman. What's up? Good to see you, my friend. <laughs> Good to see you too. We were, we're in the same colors. Yeah, we're looking matched. I know. This was not planned, but it means we're fully aligned. Yeah, yeah. manifest that shit. That's cool. Where did you get that shirt from? <laughs> this, shout out to my friends. Uh, this is a California uh, brand uh, run by all women. It's called Namaste as Fuck. And uh, we connected on Instagram. I saw the day, I think they left a comment on one of my videos and I saw the name. I was like, what is that? And then I saw what they do and the, the ethos behind and I got in touch and they were super cool. They sent me a few of these, which are now some of my favorite uh, tank tops and T-shirts. So maybe they'll see this. Thank you so much. I love it. I might need to get more. <laughs> manifest that shit that's fantastic do you know that joke about the guy who like there's a hippie who's come and staying at his friend's house and he's like sleeping on the couch and he's just uh he's been there too long and the friend friend comes up to him one day he's like listen man like you've been here weeks i was staying on my couch are you gonna leave anytime soon and he says nah i'm gonna stay <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I saw that. I think I stayed in a I stayed in an Airbnb somewhere and uh and they had that in like a little frame over the bed. I was like, yeah, I'm in the right place. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. I, I actually love I think I was thinking about Namaste yesterday or today about how how often the, I've heard people say it because Namaste, the divine in me recognizes the divine in you. I mean, it's a beautiful thing to really say. And I know it's become a bit mm -hmm. cliched in many ways, but at the same time, I was thinking about how often I've heard people say that and then immediately say like, yeah, but fuck those guys. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. Namaste to everybody except them. <laughs> yeah, it's a funny one. Yeah, yeah, it is a, it is a powerful one. And I don't remember who, at some point, someone said, you know, that's something that you can say inwardly whenever you meet someone. It doesn't have to be, because sometimes saying it can come from a place of, hey, I want you to know that I'm the type of person that would say namaste. <laughs> but you can say, you can say inwardly and still feel that and have that recognition. And it's, yeah, it's very powerful. 
That makes me think of gift giving and anonymous gift giving because I, I realize often a gift given can come with the feeling of, oh, I can't wait to see how this person's going to react or like, I can't wait to that feeling mm -hmm. of like, oh, they're so grateful for the cool gift I gave them. And, and there's something about internalizing that or like giving an anonymous gift that still has really a lot of value, but like just meeting someone being like internally namaste, like really acknowledging that's the space I'm practicing coming from. There's something a bit more subtle about that. Cause it's like you say, it's not then I'm the kind of person who says namaste and I need you to know that. Right. <laughs> right. And speaking of what you call it, gift, gift giving and, and do it, do it anonymously. There's a thing in Italy and probably other places too, <laughs> where when you go to a, what we call bar would be a cafe. So you go to a bar and you pay for your own coffee and then you pay for an extra coffee for the next person. So then the person <sighs> after arrives and then they'll say, oh, this one's already paid for. And then that person pays for the next one. And it kind of keeps going like that. Yeah, I like that very much. There's, there's a thing around... Um generosity and abundance that comes up with that where i remember hearing the story of like the the sort of general western mindset versus or com in comparison with the general eastern mindset the one being like if you generally if if i talk to someone in the west or even notice myself i'm like i focus so much on the things i don't have or the people who have more than me and i heard a story where they say like if you go to a guy you might have even told me the story at some point but but if you go to a, a, a guy who's on the street in india and he's just got like his little begging bowl and you and you say to him like wow man you don't are you okay you don't have much and he's like no no i have a be i have a bowl like that guy doesn't even have a bowl i'm good and there's like such a difference in that mindset yeah the <laughs> you said something about the we think about the things we don't have uh, it became this kind of like inside joke in uh, Costa Rica in the community where I live in Santa Teresa, where often, you know, life was, you have this, this uh, awareness of how good life is there when you're surrounded by people, or maybe you're playing music. And, and uh, when we're having these moments of like, wow, pure gratitude for life, I started saying, guys, let's talk about all the things we don't have. <laughs> To show the like contrast of how truly, like if you want to, you could be in paradise and talk about all the things we don't have. And also you could just like be present with whatever life is offering and, and it's more than enough. Yeah, man. Infinite abundance. Beautiful. Speaking of which, so I, we were speaking a little before and, I, and you told me there's a story and I'm very curious to hear this story um, just as we get this show on the road. And that is the story of Stay Open to Life and your experience of that around Costa Rica and how that song came about. And yeah, just give us that tale. Yeah. So to give context to those that uh, may not have heard that song, uh, Stay Open to Life is a song that I wrote um, a couple months ago. And it was also the name of the tour that Sam and I went on uh, in Costa Rica. Our dear friend, Sam Garrett, we organized this tour for about two months and we were thinking of names, brainstorming a couple and stay open to life. We we're like, yeah, that's the one. Uh, so in my own life, stay open to life as a mantra has become uh, probably the biggest one right now. And um, the story which we have been sharing, stay open to life, the this, this song uh, was the song that we would finish all of our shows with when we were on tour. And so we would share this song towards the end to kind of like bring it all together. 
And uh, last year in, uh, I think June, me and Sam were both in Costa Rica. Um, we were not supposed to be in Costa Rica together. I was supposed to be already in the States. What happened is that I was supposed to be in Costa Rica for just two weeks and then go to the States to be with my at the time partner. And I was never even allowed on the plane. As I was boarding, my my passport, my ticket was didn't wasn't scanning. They said, "Sorry, your visa has been canceled. You cannot board this plane." And I was like, "What? You're telling me now? Like I'm checked in. I'm like I see the plane." So long story short, they leave me in Costa Rica. Uh, I am very confused, very lost. A lot of pressure on my relationship at the time, which you know ended up not working out. So all these things were happening and Sam happened to be in Costa Rica at the same time. So we're traveling together and we're both going through a lot. We're in a very beautiful place, but inside there's, yeah, we're going through a lot in our relationships, you know, separately. And there's a lot of confusion. And this, this one day we were, I think just buying some water or some like, just we stopped somewhere for five minutes. And uh, this guy that, this guy looked like a homeless guy um, and came out of nowhere. I don't know where he came from. And he looked a little bit like crazy. He had this smile. It was like a little bit crazy, but not like bad crazy, just like not fully there. But anyway, this guy came up to us out of nowhere and he just looked at us and he went, stay open to life like that. <laughs> Sam and I were both like, what? And like, I felt an explosion in my chest, just like, because I was the opposite of open to life. I was contracted. I was tense. I was in my head. I was worrying. I was trying to figure out life in my brain, which I don't know if you figured out, never really seems to work. Uh, and he said, stay open to life. And then honestly, I think he disappeared. I don't know where he went. It's just like, it's <laughs> gone. And Sam and I were both like, that was an angel. That was 100% some type of angel messenger. And, um, and, and I remember the impact that this stranger coming out of nowhere and saying, stay open to life, not knowing that I was going through a lot. And that day I said, I'm, I'm going to write a song about this for sure, which, you know, in the end I did. But um, staying open to life has become huge because after that, experience of not being able to fly to the States, breaking up with my partner. And this is someone I was thinking of potentially marrying, you know, with our, at the time it was a four, almost four year really, or maybe three and a half year relationship. And, um, but after that, I went from being lost and confused and I don't know what's happening da, 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 to life unfolded in such a beautiful way. And somehow I found myself in this little town called Santa Teresa on the Pacific coast, where I met a bunch of really beautiful people, this wonderful community that pretty much adopted me. And even though I was supposed to just be there for a little bit, then somehow they, someone offered me a place to stay in this beautiful place. So long story short, I've been living in Costa Rica for about a year and it's one of the best things that ever happened to me. And it came from something that felt and looked and, and seemed like my life was completely falling apart from my own perspective. I have this plan. I'm going to Costa Rica for two weeks. I am moving to the States. I am marrying this woman. And then life goes, no, <laughs> that's not <laughs> the plan. Also, and this is another beautiful part. The year 
and a half before flying to Costa Rica, thinking I was going to then go to the States. I was in, in Italy, in uh, Frigene, this little town where I'm, I am right now as well. And uh, I was alone for most of the year, about a year and a half. And um, as most of us during lockdown, during the pandemic, we were, you know, disconnected and alone and lost and what was going on? What am I going to do with my life? But every day I would do my, you know, little morning practice with some yoga, some stretches, some movement, a little meditation. And, and I would take even just five minutes to consciously visualize, okay, what do I want? Forget about how I'm going to get there and how is it going to work out. What do I want? How do I want to feel? Where do I want to be? And I would imagine myself on a beach somewhere. It's a bit of a cliche, but that's me. <laughs> I imagine myself on a beach surrounded by beautiful people, freedom, you know, peace, community. And I didn't know where it would be. I wasn't even thinking about Costa Rica, but I knew. And I would sit and I would think, hey, this is where I want to be. This is how I want to feel. And then I would kind of just let it go. Again, it's lockdown. I can't go anywhere. But it's, it feels, looking back, that that intention, that awareness of what I wanted to, to my life to look like and just planting that seed in the universe or you can, you know, saying it to God, whatever terminology you prefer, it did something because it's almost as if then life responds and says, well, do you want that? Okay. And it might not look like what you want in the moment, or it might feel, yeah, like your life is falling apart, but then it truly is coming together. And, and now after this experience, this, this year and a half long kind of process, I can honestly look back and, and, and be grateful even for the most painful and heartbreaking parts. Uh, Cause it was a brutal process to like, let go of what I thought I wanted my life to be and, and becoming again, open to life in a way that I could say, you know what, I trust you, like bring it on. And then it, it's way better than what I could have, you know, designed in my own head. So stay open to life. I hope. Yeah. It's, it's a good one. You should try it out. <laughs> <laughs> Never. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, thank you, brother. That is such a beautiful story. And actually, this seems like a good time um, if you're open to to sharing the song, Stay Open to Life. Uh, I'd love to love to, to have that. Definitely. Stay. 
stay open, open to life.
Ah, uh, beautiful brother. Jeez, that song is gorgeous. We even got someone right now. I'm actually listening from Santa Teresa. My alma. Oh. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. Beautiful. Ah, my alma indigo. Well, shout out to Santa Teresa and the Jungle Tribe. <laughs> Beautiful, man. What a gorgeous song. It's also, there's something uh, funny. I was thinking about this as well, just in the last 24 hours around like ending shows on a quiet song. And it's something, it's like there's, there's a certain courage and vulnerability to being willing to clo- to play that as the last song in a show. It's like willing to go to that. Well, I, I'm going to make a... a um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. What do you? What's the word? I'm gonna adjust. make an amendment. Did yeah, you say yeah, that yeah. to what I said earlier? Yeah. An adjustment. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the because yeah, that's a good point. That was in fact the second to last song. That makes sense. <laughs> the last song. So there would be you know I would play my set and then Sam would play his set and then after people have been dancing going crazy, we would bring it back down to stay open to life, very intimate, very gentle, like very heart opening. And then we would do Too Blessed to Be Stressed with this like massive mashup with a bunch <laughs> of other songs. But yeah, there's something about bringing it back down because like, yes, it's amazing when we're out dancing and feeling and like that alone is incredible. But something about like really, I feel like even when I sing this song just to myself, it, it really grounds me. Mm. And um there's something about even just the melody that it feels like it helps me to come back here and be like, okay, I can stay open. Staying open is not, it, I like it because in a way you don't actually have to do much. You just have to stay open. Yeah. You just stay open and then see what comes and how you can react. But um, yeah, I like that song. That's beautiful, man. Oh, it's beautiful. There's, there's actually, that reminds me of a story, this woman, Monica Cromhout, who is a South African She's called, they call her the mushroom gran- granny. She basically mm. is this, like, looks like a little suburban grandma. Like you never would imagine. But she's been serving magic mushrooms, sacred mushrooms for like 12 years from her house in a little normal suburb in just outside of Cape Town. And I, oh, yeah. I'm actually going to get her on this podcast at some point, but we were chatting a while ago and she was talking about how the first time she'd been working with ayahuasca and it helped her. Like when her husband passed on, she literally just wanted to die. She didn't want to live anymore. That was it. She, and she just couldn't reconnect. And then someone introduced her to ayahuasca and she was like, not the kind of person to even know anything about that kind of stuff. And Mm. she went into the ceremony and had this huge transformation and continued working with ayahuasca. But anyway, long story short, she eventually was introduced to, to sacred mushrooms and she took them outside in her garden the one day. And, and the mushrooms were like, she's literally said, I heard the voice of mushrooms saying, you are going to run a mushroom school at your house and you're just going to help people to work with this medicine. And she was lit. She's like, I don't know nothing about mushrooms. How am I going to be doing this? And, and the mushroom said, all you need to do is keep the door open and everything will be taken care of. Hmm. Yeah. Stay open. (laughs) <laughs> stay open That's it reminds me of the other story which I think you shared I think you shared with someone of that uh, the meditation teacher someone who was trying to do the same and wanted to start this wanted to start meditating with people and so she started putting the word out and she said you know every Sunday at my house doors open and I think for a year nobody went but she every Sunday she would still do it and keep the door open and then now it's like one of the biggest meditation centers in the States or something crazy oh, wow. like that. I love that. I don't know. I'd never yeah. heard that story. That's beautiful. I love that. That's another one. 
There's another one about a priest who it's like his journal that that there's, someone found his journal years later or something, and it's like went to do a sermon today, like three people were there, and then he did another one. He's like, and ten people, and then and then no one, and then five, and then it's like, and now three hundred, and then five thousand, and like it just, but he just kept showing up, like just kept showing up, mm-hmm. and that was a. Uh, some power there and that's that's keeping the door open just like i'm just going to keep serving in the way that feels aligned i love that Mm. even you know you mentioned we met in in london the the inspiral the vegan cafe and there was a little stage and you would uh host the open mic i'm sure that when you started there was not a lot of people that would go but in the end, we couldn't fit in the cafe and we started doing shows in bigger venues. And it was just because, you know, you kept showing up and then we came and then we kept showing up and then other people came and blah, 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 blah. And yeah, the power of, of per- perseverance or persistence and also really liking and being passionate about what you do. Mm. Um, I often, I get maybe like I'm talking to someone or I get a little message. Someone would say like, hey, I'm... Either I'm just starting to play guitar or I just started writing my own songs or uh, do you have any advice? And there's many things that you could say and that I often say. But one thing I say is make sure that you really love it because you will have challenges. You will have days where you're like, fuck this. I don't want to play for anybody. Nobody cares. Nobody's listening. This isn't going anywhere. Like it doesn't matter what you do. They will be that often in the beginning, especially. So the difference is, do I really like what I'm doing? And do I feel like it's, if it serves even a greater purpose than just, you know, you sharing your own art, which is beautiful in itself, then even more, keep doing it because it'll somehow it'll work out. I love that. This reminds me, there's a poet, I don't know if you've heard of him, Renner Maria Rilke. Uh, he was, I think, a I German think poet. So. Yeah, so he, he, there's a book of his called Letters to a Young Poet. And it's basically a fan. This is now like early 1900s, I think. Don't, I don't know exactly when, but it was a good while ago. And what a fan of his was writing letters to him and he was replying. And this book is his replies to this young poet. Mm. And there's one quote, and I've actually saved it. I've got it here um, because and I, I, when people will send me those kind of messages, like, hey, man, I'm just starting. Like, here's a poem or here's a song. Like, what do you think? And I actually generally send them this because I just I think it's such a good reminder, especially when you're starting out, what to focus on or, or how to know if you're heading in the right direction. And I'll read it to you. It's a bit it's not super long, but I'll read it to you. It's, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. So it says, um, yeah, please. You ask whether your verses are any good. You ask me. You have asked others before this. You send them to magazines. You compare them with other poems. And you are upset when certain editors reject your work. Now, since you have said that you want my advice, I beg you to stop doing that sort of thing. You are looking outside. And that is what you should most avoid right now. No one can advise or help you. No one. (laughs) There is only one thing you should do. Go into yourself. Find out the reason that commands you to write. See whether it has spread its roots into the very depths of your heart. Confess to yourself whether you would have to die if you were forbidden to write. This most of all. Ask yourself in the most silent hour of your night, must I write? Dig into yourself for a deep answer. And if this answer rings out in assent, if you meet this solemn question with a strong, simple, I must, 
Then build your life in accordance with this necessity. Your whole life, even into its humblest and most indifferent hour, must become a sign and witness to this impulse. Mic drop. You need that. I want those like reggaeton kind of like sirens. Like, wow, that is that is huge. Yeah, please send it. Please send that. Yeah, yeah, with pleasure. Um, That's huge. Yeah, that might be that might be one of the biggest things I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love I love that. It's so. It's the perfect response because I, I want to help people, you know, like, and I know that feeling in myself. I know the feeling of wanting someone to tell me that I'm good enough or that what I've done is good enough mm. when that's actually not the most important thing. And I, like a lot of people say to me now when they hear my poems or my lyrics, my words, they're like, wow, you've got such a gift. And I think to myself, mm. like, you know what I think a gift is more than anything. And I, and not to say for everything, I mean, I think for certain, like Michael Jordan or, or like if you're a certain sports, et cetera, but let's just talk about creativity in general. Like, mm. I think what people call a gift is a lifetime of passion and persistence and care and repetition and failure mm. and getting it wrong. That's what people now call a gift. So, mm. and say, oh, you're so talented. It's like, well, you could be talented too if you dedicated 30 plus years to words. Yeah, no, it, it's true. The, unless you're like a four-year-old that can play <laughs> Mozart, like that's a fucking gift. Yeah, but yeah. like otherwise, yeah, there's the, the behind the scene that people don't see is the, the so-called, what, like the, the sweat and tears of, of fully devoting yourself to a craft, whatever that is, for sure. Yeah. Well, I'd love to ask you about so you you've had you've spoken out quite strongly in these times and and I, I remember at the time when you started writing those songs for anyone who doesn't know uh, Rick uh, Ricardo I always want to call you Ricardo but Roman um I know <laughs> I know your name <laughs> I, need, I don't know what to do about that because that's become a problem where people don't know what name to use and now I'm also known as the Kundalini guy there's this whole confusion from that <laughs> um anyway but uh when you you basically started creating these songs that were speaking out and, and basically using satire and song to point out the ridiculousness of what's been happening the last few years. And I remember you shared with me at some point, you said like people had been saying, oh, you're just hopping on the train and now you just want to like, you just want to get on board the, the Corona train and take advantage of it so people pay you attention. Mm. And I don't know if you remember that or what you said, but I mean, I do, but I don't know if you remember how, what, what was going on for you at that point. I, th- I mean, in the beginning, it was, it was and even now, like it's not a popular opinion to have. So the, right. that argument of I did it for the attention. First of all, there was almost no one seeing what I was posting at the time. It was more like a me venting musically. Yeah. Thing. Well, so the thing that you said that really struck me was, which was accurate, is that you were like, I've been doing these kind of, I've been doing rebellion songs and revolutionary songs Mm. forever. And so the fact that you think, like I'm just doing it about what's happening right now. And, And what I see is like, you seem to be, 
have navigated this. I, the word that comes to me is edge walker. It's like you, you are, you know, you're back home in Italy right now. You're surrounded by a lot of people who don't have the same opinions as you, and yet you're managing to navigate this all with what seems like to me with some some kind of grace. Um, so I'm just wondering what that feels like to be an edge walker, to be a voice for 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 an unpopular opinion, and how you are navigating that in yourself. First of all, I don't think I've ever felt as cool as a second ago when you asked me, what does it feel like to be an edge walker? <laughs> I need that <laughs> on a t-shirt. Um, well, the grace, if there was any, came after losing my shit a few times, for sure. Uh, especially in the beginning. Um, well... It started honestly with me just writing my, uh, just just voicing my upset and disappointment and frustration. Um, yeah, I was here in the garden and it was morning and I remember reading something about lockdowns that were coming or something when it was still, everything was still quite fresh and like extremely overwhelming. Um, it, it's just like what I do. I write a song. Like sometimes I write little songs for myself that I don't share, but it feels good. Like some people write on a diary, I'll write a song. And um, I think at some point there was a, there was a fuck it moment, honestly. There was just a, because I've always been this person, like big mouth saying what I feel, but maybe among friends, like you guys know me as sometimes I say the thing that maybe you shouldn't say, but I say it. And, but you know, I have a good heart and I don't really mean it or <laughs> something like that. But I wasn't, do, I was still coming from a place of, okay, like my social media presence, what's maybe more politically correct. And I was feeling this inner conflict of who I thought I was supposed to show up as mm. given some of the stuff that I sing about, like songs like be a friend, what we need is love. And then on the other side, like wanting to start a revolution and like feeling so much anger. So I think at some point I just couldn't, the two couldn't coexist in a either or manner. And there was just like, fuck it, I'm just going to say it. Because uh, it did feel like the world was going to shit anyway. I was like, if I'm going to, like, if this is it, at least I'm going to let people know how I feel. And um, and I think initially, very bad reactions. Lost a bunch of followers. Still have friends who don't speak to me or they have changed their opinion. Like, I'm talking old friends. We know we have one in common mm -hmm. and other friends from university that just like, no, no, I'm not talking to you anymore. But then um, I felt a lot of support in coming, honestly, from so many places around the world because everybody was kind of going through the same. A lot of people simply saying, yo, you are voicing what I feel. Thank you. Or it's good to feel like I'm not alone in this. I thought I was crazy. And this, this little online community started coming together, especially on Instagram, where the seven what I call the COVID-19 tunes, those seven videos more to a different degree, all kind of went viral. And there's, I don't know how many hundreds, if not thousands of comments. And they're all like beautiful supporting people. It isn't like, hey, yeah, we gotta like fuck these people. It's more like, wow, it's good to know that I'm not crazy and that some people also feel the way I do. And if nothing else, thank you for like 
making me laugh about something that up until yesterday was, you know, making me cry kind of thing. Mm. And um, so I think it started with that fuck it moment. Also, because I, I do I do often reflect on like, how do I use this, um, this platform, whether it's Instagram or the fact that, you know, I sing and people listen, that's a huge privilege, you know? Mm. Like how, what am I saying? How am I using that? And uh, at the time it felt like there was nothing else that seemed more relevant or alive than to, to sing about that, about, about, you know, freedom and responsibility and corruption and it all felt very, very alive. So it started with the fuck it moment, but then feeling like, wow, this, this is like, this is going around and a lot of people are feeling it. And so if I can keep writing songs coming from what I honestly feel, but they can, you know, make somewhat somebody's day a little bit better or lighter, then for sure I'm going to do that. So I did that for a while. I don't know if that answer, answer the, the questions. Well, it's, it's interesting because, uh, so I've, as you know, this podcast is kind of new at the time of, it's not even officially out on any platforms yet. I'm just, I'm recording and live streaming a bunch of episodes before I start releasing them onto the podcasting net platforms. And one of the other people I chatted with was this guy, Pete Evans. And he, I'll, I mean, I won't go into detail, but for folks listening, definitely go and listen to that episode when it comes out. Like it's what that guy went through. I mean, from millions of followers and I'm saying followers, it's not about the followers, but his entire career of that he built up over so many years that he had a huge community on Facebook, Instagram. He was one of the most well-known uh, sort of celebrities, I guess, in Australia. And they he, they crushed him because he just kept speaking his truth. And he said something to me about, he was like, he's like, I kept waiting for the like rage against the machines and the, mm. you know, like the, the, those kind of bands, like waiting for, for the big bands who've always been about like, you know, fuck the gut, like not fuck the government, but yes, fuck the government for what they but are doing. Like kind of fuck like, the government. Fuck the government. Yeah. Like they, if the government <laughs> yeah. wasn't doing shit that, that they're doing, then we wouldn't say fuck the government, but they are. So, Man. and, and Man. I just, and he's like, I kept waiting and nothing. And then, and then he's like, and then I heard your poem talking to me. And then it's like, I heard these other musicians coming through and, and I was thinking about you and he was telling me that I may have even said your name, but just like, and he said, he's like, I was initially surprised. And then he said, but I thought, then I thought, well, maybe that's the way it has to be is like coming, rising up from the underground is like, and mm. that's also the word radical. The, the origins of the word radical means that which rises from the root. And so mm. to really be radical is to be fucking rooted um, and that's important. Mm. So, so for those of us who've always been, to me, it was like the final invitation to just, okay, either I'm going to keep pretending that I don't see something off here, or I'm going to just mm. surrender to whatever unfolds and I'm going to speak my truth. And that's like, I think that's the, we, that's the whole thing of like this time is the invitation is to really like the coronation, Corona, the coronation. And I think that's an important thing to remember. So Alexandra is saying, I, I love your song. I am spiritual. Can you play it? Do you feel like you want to play that song? Uh, yeah, with pleasure. I just wanted to say a couple things in response to what yeah, you just yeah. shared because it's uh, it's a big one. Um, I did something similar. I felt very similarly to this this uh, guy. Was his name Paul? Uh, Pete. You said? Pete Evans. Peter. Pete. Pete. Um, I did a post calling out the musicians that I've been listening to for many years that I've looked up 
to for many years. Um, yeah, a lot of these like, yeah, we're the revolutionaries, the warriors, this and this and this. And then I was like, wait, where are your songs? Where's like nothing, absolutely nothing. So I did a post. I was like, where are you guys? And one of them got in touch with me privately uh, out of maybe six or seven. And uh, and she said, thank you for you know calling me out, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and we had a conversation and it was very inspiring because she said, maybe now is the time that the new generation of these leaders in music or, or people that are speaking up, maybe this is the time that they rise. You know, it's, not, it's no longer about looking at those who have been kind of like clearing the way in a sense. Maybe that's, this is not a time to follow. This is a time where you make your own path. And that led into a conversation that it was about uh, the masculine and the role of the warrior. This is something that I've been feeling a lot recently, that still today, but especially back in the day, there was, you know, the warriors were real and they were peaceful and they, you know, you maintain the peace. But if an invader comes, like, we'll fuck you up. You know, we're protecting our family. We're protecting our land. We're protecting our resources. And that's something that I feel like we have lost. So obviously, ideally, we don't get into a position of that's the enemy and we, because if you make, you know, if you make some, someone the enemy, that's already like, you're already lost in a way. But to have that spirit of this is not okay, this doesn't feel right. And nobody else saying something, I guess I'm going to say something and see what happens. And sometimes maybe nothing happens, but um, those two, the, the realizing, okay, maybe now it's up to us. Whoever us is, I guess whoever is showing up. Mm. And and the role of the warrior, which I'm still reflecting on, like how does a warrior, quote unquote, show up in today's society with the tools that we have? Because obviously I'm not going out with a sword, um, although I might at some point. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> There's a guy with a tank and you're like, listen, do you know this sword? <laughs> have, you se- have you seen my sword? Though? <laughs> Okay, someone asked for the the the, the spiritual song. Yeah, earlier when I said I'm also apparently known as the Kundalini guy, I'm not I'm not claiming that name in any way, shape, or form. But while I was on tour, uh, because of this song called "Because I'm Spiritual," the chorus is Kundalini Kundalini, and so some people recognize me. I was like, "Are you the Kundalini guy?" And then I would say, "Yeah, my name is Roma." And then Sam would say, "Yeah, this is my friend Ricardo." And then it's just complete confusion <laughs> as to my, my real identity. <laughs> mm. Okay, so if you're listening, know that this song was not written about you, so you should not take it personally. <laughs> I say, I usually say, this is a song that I wrote to make fun of me and my friends, but mostly my friends. <laughs> All right, headphones are coming off. (laughs) 
Namaste, brothers and sisters. I'm glad you gathered here. I wrote a little song to sing of things that I hold dear. See, I used to be like you, just a fool in the 3D, until one day I woke up claiming I'm a star seed. So now I'm a coach, I'm a healer, I'm an indigo child. Technique pictures by a waterfall and think that makes me wild. My favorite word is sacred, and I use it all the time. Cause it's really good for business. Never said I'm always high, cause I'm spiritual. And loving like the language that I speak. I refuse to face reality. I'm tripping once a week, cause I'm spiritual. Stressing as I burn a little sage. I'm half delusional, half in a golden cage. Kundalini, 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 Kundalini. Did I mention Kundalini? Kundalini, 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 did I mention Kundalini? You see, I love to meditate, but only when somebody's looking. I wouldn't want to waste the chance to get another book and see my coping mechanism is to smile and power through all the shit I should be working on, cause that's what holy people do. Well, realign your chakras if your life is getting hard. I'm sending love and blessings, now please wrap your credit card. I don't deal with human drama, I live in the fifth dimension, but the truth is I'm just craving your attention. Cause I'm spiritual, love and like the language that I speak. I refuse to face reality on tripping once a week. I'm spiritual, stressing as I burn a little sage. I'm half delusional, half in a golden cage. Kundalini, 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 Kundalini. Did I mention Kundalini? Kundalini, 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 Kundalini. Did I mention Kundalini? I'ma call it intuition, but it's just another thought. I take no responsibility, it's all the planets fall. So when Mercury's in Gatorade, I'm gonna be a bitch. I put flowers in my lemonade and call myself a witch. I gave myself a name that I don't even understand. I'm really, really good at nothing, but I own a conscious brand. See, I'm consciously bestowed. <laughs> <laughs> I see I'm constantly blissed out and I make sure the people know Have you even seen my Instagram? I'm always in the flow Cause I'm spiritual, loving like the language that I speak I refuse to face reality, I'm tripping once a week Cause I'm spiritual, stressing as I burn a little sage I'm half delusional, I'm in a golden cage Kundalini, 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 Kundalini Did I mention Kundalini? Kundalini, 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 did I mention Kundalini? I think I did. Shout out to Kundalini. Nothing against Kundalini, it's just people are silly and I like to write silly songs. Yo, that tune, bro. <laughs> Dude, honestly, while I was on... Well, we were on tour and I played the song every time. And every time I was like, this is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. I shouldn't do this. Because we'd be playing in this like beautiful like yoga studios, retreat centers with like these, you know, beautiful people in this like white, not always, but like it's definitely the kind of place where it could go either way. It could go, oh, that's a funny song or like people leaving. Or they never, um, you're never heard from again. The, the cult. Yeah, I'll never, <laughs> never get invited. Yeah, they, they tear my my membership card. <laughs> Man, that is good. I, you know, but it's to me that song is like like a lot of your songs, but but that's like the perfect representation of your the, one of the archetypes that you do so well, which is the jester. Um, and I I don't know if anyone watch it. Do you do you relate to that at all? Is that something that you you feel for yourself? Definitely, definitely. I love that like cheeky little bit. Like I'm gonna say, yeah. I I I'm I'm the same in like I was gonna say real life. Like <laughs> not when I'm writing songs. Like that is something that I, I enjoy. 
Man, that song is brilliant. It is so on point. It's terrible. Like I can think of so many examples. And in and like I look at my own life, like the times where it's amazing. It's like the perfect mirror to either get very serious and go, oh well, that's terrible. I can't no, that's not or to go, hey, where is that where is that talking to me? That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, there's a I actually this is probably one of the first songs I want to record like properly and put it out there. Um cuz yeah, it's it's also funny because if I sing it like whenever I performed it, nobody got upset. But not because I'm sure somebody got upset, but because you can't say that you got upset because then it kind of shows that you know, like, oh, then I'm talking about you. So there's like, you just feel this like every now and then, like you look at someone and like their jaw is a little tense, but they're like trying to, but yeah, if like, it, the point is if we can't laugh about ourselves and make fun of ourselves a little bit, then we're kind of missing the point. Uh, mate, definitely, definitely. Um, so talking about just missing the point, I'm curious to hear that story around the car and the car papers when you were in California. Yeah. Yeah. That's another good one. I had bought this car from a friend. It was a 1994 red Volvo station wagon. And I drove that car for, I think about three months. And it was towards the end of my journey in California. And a friend said, I'm going to buy it from you. I was like, great. Amazing. He said, do you have the papers? I said, of course, they're in the glove box in a little like leather booklet, you know, those like nice chunky with all the papers. Um, at this point, I'm in Joshua Tree, California, which is pretty much the desert. Um, so I go in the car, I open the glove box and uh, the this leathery thing, this like booklet, what would you call it? Like a, like a. Yeah. Booklet, a sleeve. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I'd say like a, a sleep. Wasn't there. I'm like, oh, shit. Because I, 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 I remember seeing that, but I don't, I, did, I don't remember like touching it or taking it out. So I'm like, whoa, where did I lose it? There's no papers in my car. I'm in the desert. I'm supposed to drive to, uh, you know, the friend who wants to buy it. So I basically, I, I looked for these papers, for the this, for this sleeve for about two days. All the, I call friends, like, hey, did I leave it at your house? Like, where could I possibly have left it, blah, blah, blah. And I was really stressing out and I was, and I was yeah, like not having a good time. And my friend, um, he said, have you checked the glove box? And I was like, dude, that's like the first place. <laughs> like, come on. I was a little irritated. I was like, I'm not stupid. <laughs> Turns out, I, turns out I am in a second. Uh, <laughs> and so I said, all right, fine. I'm going to check the glove box again. This time, I opened the glove box and I noticed just what looked like just some like scrap paper. It was honestly like maybe two pieces of paper or three. Just kind of like that in the glove box. I was like, what is that? Turns out those were the papers I had been looking for the whole time. But because I was so convinced that they were in this like nice leathery sleeve, which existed, except I forgot it was from the previous car. <laughs> like it was never in that car. Like another car that I had at some point in the past had that leathery sleeve. And so I, I remember laughing like a, like a fool at the fact that I had made my life miserable because what I 
needed, I thought would come in this other shape, this other form. So I literally didn't see that what I was looking for was right there, except it looked a little different. It wasn't as fancy as a leathery sleeve. It was just some scrap paper, but it is what I needed. And I remember the thought while I was laughing and my friend came and was like, why are you laughing like an idiot by yourself? by your guard? Because <laughs> I remember thinking, I wonder how many other areas in my life, how many other things I'm missing out on because I can't see them because I think they're supposed to feel in a different way or they're, they're going to show up in a different way or that they're going to. And it was, it was, um, yeah, it was a big moment for me because it, it, you know, it's just some scrap paper and it's just some, it's just some documents, but sometimes a little lesson that you can apply to so many other things. And so it kind of inspired me to like, look again, whatever I think I'm missing, like look again, because maybe you're not missing it at all. You're just so stuck on the idea that it will be something else, which especially at the time I was in California, three months traveling, there were many talks around spirituality and what, like enlightenment, this huge word, oh, enlightenment. And I was like, and you get this idea, especially in the beginning of a journey, of, of a, some sort of spiritual journey or that, you know, enlightenment is going to be like, I'm going to be glowing like the sun and I'm going to be floating, you know, three feet from the ground and I'm always going to be compassionate and equanimous and animals are going to come to me and I'm always going to be happy just bullshit like that is not, <laughs> not what happens what? at all what wait <laughs> i mean it might it might if you do it if your if your third eye is really open you might but. squeegee that third eye. <laughs> yeah so it's just it was just it just simplified a lot of things that maybe in my head were like oh pff, made a big deal out of mm-hmm. well to me it ties into what you were saying earlier about staying open to life that that you were in that moment that you had a specific idea of how life needed to look for you to move forward. And so you'd actually close the door on any other option. And so you literally couldn't mm. see the other option. That was, I mean, it's an yeah. amazing story. It's so, so it's simple crazy. and so beautiful. Have you ever seen, there's a, there's a video that anybody who's listening to this now or at some point in the future, shout out to future people listening to this. Um, there's a video you can find on YouTube. I think it's like, awareness test or something like that. Okay. And uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's just a video and the video, there's there's a team, three people and three people and they have a basketball. And the video says, um, well, fuck, I don't want to give it away now. Yeah, but yeah, don't kinda, give it away. Don't give it away. I'm keen to I'll put it in the show notes. Okay, I don't want to give it away. It's a, it's a tiny example that shows you that if you are not, paying attention to something, you won't, you physically won't see it. And I don't want to say too much. And conversely, if you are open to seeing something and if you are paying attention, Ramda says, if you go, if you go, if you drive through a town and you're hungry, all you're going to see is places to eat. But if you go through a town and you're sleepy, then you're going to see hotels. So it's the same town, but you're going to be noticing different things depending on what you think you need. I love that. I love how Ramdas. It's like the story you just told about the glove compartment. It's like those kind of simple. It's such a simple story. It's not. It's not complicated. It's not confusing. It makes sense. It's like, like yes, of course, yeah. this totally makes sense. When you hear the term "we are already free," what is that? What is that for you? What comes up? Yeah, that's a that's a good one. That should be like, you should make like posters that people can just hang in their homes. Um, we are already free. Um, well, two 
it's like two parallel tracks. I guess it's two different planes of understanding this. Um, one, I guess the more um, abstract or more spiritual. We are already free. I just wrote a song the other day called You Already Know. Mm. And, and the idea is, I was, I was thinking of all the things that sometimes people do, sometimes really silly things, to try and find a sense of purpose or meaning or some peace. And we'll, you know, go to the Himalayas or we'll follow this guru or we'll read all these books or we'll only, you know, eat crystals on full moon or whatever it is. <laughs> and we complicate things immensely for ourselves because really we are already free. And every, every great teacher that I've been listening to and that I've been trying to learn from, they all point back to ourselves. Whether it's Jesus saying the kingdom of heaven is within you, or is Ramana Maharshi saying, you know, God, Guru, and self are one, you are the self. Um, it's always like, it's simple, it's here and it's now. You don't have to go out and find it. Um, Sam, like I loved, he had few little stories that he would share during his set on tour and and he would say like if you if you can grasp it then then it's still something outside of you that you can lose but that's not what we're talking about that is already um if you quiet your mind and open your heart you will find all you need was inside from the start that's mm. part of the song that i just wrote mm-hmm. so we already free reminds me that the i that I am beyond this awesome body that I body that I get to carry around the world and do life with. There's something beyond that that is already free, um, and that is the more pure and and yeah, part of me, the part that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't go, that doesn't change, that doesn't leave, and and then the other, the more like physical, practical, everyday thing. We were talking about, you know, governments and lockdowns and laws and restrictions and, you know, the the people in power. But like, no, that is like, we're already free. We'll hold the power. We like, when we go in the streets or when we're, you know, at a rally or when we're writing songs to protest against some sort of injustice that we perceive or you know, some rights being taken away, some freedoms being taken away. And this is the more, the part of me that, um, yeah, my parents don't really understand. They're like anarchists. But anarchist is not someone who wants to just fuck shit up. Anarchist is someone who doesn't necessarily believe that we need an outside third party government of old people that live a life that is completely different from the life that I live. How do you get to make the calls as to what I can or cannot do when when we look at the world, we don't see the same thing. We don't live by the same values. We don't, so in that sense, that that sovereignty of I get to make the calls. And obviously like, I wanna live in society. I'm glad that there is some type of structure to keep things going. But the moment that it becomes the authority that I've never agreed to, that you think you have over me to limit how I get to express myself, where I get to go, who I get to be, that's too much. Mm. That's too much. And I think something that many of us have remembered 
during this time, during the last two years, is that sovereignty, is that we're already free. Maybe we were taking it for granted before, but the moment it gets taken away, you're like, uh-uh, what is going on? And um, if nothing else, I hope that's something that comes from yeah, the last two years, that people yeah. realize, hey, we don't, we don't have to do things the way we've been doing things because it doesn't seem to be working. And, and if it did, it doesn't work anymore. And it doesn't align with the world that we want to live in and the reality that we want to create. And yeah, the values that we want to live by and, the, and what we want to bring forth. It's an old way. And it, yeah, maybe it helped to carry on society for a while, but no more. And yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. It's an interesting. I, I, I'm. I think a lot about. It's like a combination of the two things you've just been speaking about. That is, on one side, we are infinite, and so there's nothing. The freedom that we have is innate. There's no way that can be removed. And on the other side, we do have a physical body right now that has external forces that are doing their very best to keep us in a certain track. And if we step out of that track there's challenges and what I'm wanting to, or what I'm keep thinking about and like asking to get the lessons that will allow me to embody that more is to remember that the body is, and I don't need to defend the body. Like if I, if, if my truth means that I need to put my body on the line, put myself on the line, that that is something that is worth doing in the same way that Gandhi would walk into a wall of police who he knew they were going to beat the crap out of him. And he did it anyway. There's some kind of a courage there that I don't feel like I yet have in me. It's like, because even speaking my truth, writing these poems, like having this podcast, chatting with you, these things, I don't have a direct fear that I'm going to get physically like imprisoned for this or something like that. Whereas there, mm. it's like, it's that combination of realizing I am spirit and I am also here now and I am free here now. Even if they put me in jail or beat the crap out of me or kill me, mm. I'm still free. And there's like a piece in that that's really... I, I'm, I'm wanting to develop that courage, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. There's a, I was mentioning Ram Das earlier, and part of the work that he did um, for decades, he would work with people in prison and jail. Um, and because he would say, I'm in the business of freedom. I'm not in the business of joy. I'm not here to, you know, just make you happy. I'm here to help you get free. And what better time? than when you have to serve time and time is all you have. And there's some amazing stories, which I think he collected in a book of some of these inmates that through meditation, through talks, through just like sitting with these teachings and you know some guidance, which I can't even imagine trying to do something like that. But some of these people that their life turned around completely simply from that realization, um, which I get glimpses on of every now and again. Um, and when I do get those glimpses, sometimes I, I imagine like, fuck, imagine living my whole life from this perspective of, of I am free and no fear and no, yeah, just, just the purest expression of, of who I am without limitations and, and mind-made stories. Um, it's a mm. good place to be. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I, it's funny, I actually, when I did Vipassana years ago, the 10-day silent meditation retreat, it's the only one I've done, and it was in 2010, I think. And one of the guys there was a young dude. He must have been 18 years old. 
And he didn't know. He was like not sure that when he came out, if he was going to go to prison or not, because he had been caught sending himself magic mushrooms from Amsterdam to the UK. And I mean, just the fact that that it's like plants, man. And it's someone dealing with their own, like whatever, if you want to do that with your consciousness, anyway, that's a whole different story. But he said, he's like, I'm doing Vipassana because if I go to prison, I'll have something to do while I'm there. Like I'll be able to Mm. practice, like I'll have this practice that I could take with me. It's wow. pretty, I mean, how's that for a responsible action for a youngster? He's like, I don't know. Like at this point, it's out of my control. I may go to prison, I may not, but I'm doing what I can to make sure I'm still empowered when I am in prison, if that's what happens. Wow. So that's pretty, that's pretty rad. That's, that's badass. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty badass. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm curious to know, there's a, anything just in the last week, this, someone asked me this question recently and I was like, this is such a nice question. But mm. what is something that you've learned in the last week? Something new that you didn't know before? Hmm. Well, apparently that there are carnivorous butterflies. <laughs> Nate, Nathan actually just told me we connected like a few minutes before we started this to try things out. And I don't know how we got to talk about carnivorous butterflies. No, I don't want to talk about that. That's disturbing. <laughs> um, something that I've learned... In the past week, I think something, it's not just the last week, but the last few weeks, let's say. But it's been definitely alive the last week. I feel like it's, I'm, I'm integrating it more. Um, how the mind will try to come up with problems, even if there are no problems. The mind. Um coming from yeah two months of touring around costa rica which were honestly two of the best months of my life where everything it's not like everything went perfect but even when things were not going perfect just like staying open to life and somehow things working out and feeling like really supported and provided for and just the last year of my life but in the last month that i've come back and i've been just here in this little town like not a lot of friends so i have a lot of time to sit with myself and think back to these experiences And I've noticed how I've come from this like high, like, wow, life is amazing. I feel so like natural high. And then nothing has happened. Nothing wrong has happened. Nothing bad has happened. But the mind will like try to creep back in with like, hey, yeah, but how are you going to make that happen? Oh, yeah. But you think whatever story the mind has. And so I've been really sitting with... um, there's this book that I read that I recommend to anybody is called Mystic Path to Cosmic Powers by Vernon Howard, which sounds like a super woo-woo title, but it's honestly one of the most like straight to the point practical books that I've ever read. And one of the things that he says that I was actually applying last night, funny enough, for a personal situation, he says facts before feelings. Put facts before feelings. It's so easy as humans, we have this like reactions, these like, oh, I'm feeling this like fear or doubt or insecurity. We make up these stories in our head, especially as we're relating to someone else. You say something, maybe I misinterpret it. Maybe you don't express it in a you know best way, but then I create a story in my mind and then I assume that the story is real. And then I will have a reaction and now I'm mad at you. Blah, 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 blah. So facts before feelings, when my mind tries to come up with these like 
little stories of, and they're usually stories around unworthiness or mm-hmm. stories around, there's something that you should be worrying about right now. Something's going to go bad. And then I'm really learning, not just from my personal experience of looking back and be like, hey, even when stuff seemed like it was completely falling apart, it was still coming together. Like, what are you worrying about? So I'm learning to have that like split second where I can kind of step out of that initial tornado that's like building up in my brain and be like, no, facts. What are the facts? Right now you are okay. Right now you are fine. Right now, like nothing bad has happened. Don't create it in your mind, especially knowing the power that the mind has to then create your own reality. If I think that something bad is about to happen, chances are something bad will happen at some point. Um, So to catch that moment and facts before feelings, to recognize that even when I thought there was something to worry about, there wasn't necessarily. And in the moment, in the present, if there is something that needs to be addressed, then I can address that. If there's something that is like, okay, this is a problem, then cool, let's talk about it. But otherwise, like if I think about how much time I have spent in the past worrying in my mind about shit that hadn't even happened yet, because when I was 14, that girl broke up with me and cheated on me. And then, you know, 19 years later, I realized, wait, what I'm feeling now, this is just a silly example, but like realizing that we may still be carrying stuff that's old and doesn't serve us. And like based on past experiences, then I, you know, I have this belief that I am not worthy of attention or love or success or money or whatever it is. And most of them, if not all of them, let's say most of them, are stories in our heads. So learning to to look at it and see it for what it is, put facts before feelings. So then if I do have a reaction to it or a response, I would say, rather than a reaction. And, and the last few days there have been situations where it would have been easy to just be like, ah, mm, I'm out or no, or I'm going to worry now or let me, yeah, let me stress about this at night before I go to sleep as opposed to like, no, like you're okay. And if there's something that needs to be um, looked at and resolved or figured out, then you can do that. But otherwise, don't, yeah, don't make your life harder than what it needs to be. Nice. And then Jonas asks, sorry, I hope I've said your name all right there. Jonas says, how do you manifest the reality you want to live in? Maybe a question to both of us. How do you manifest the reality you want to live in? Do I do... Do you want (laughs) to... I mean, I would, I would, but I am in no way, shape or form an expert in like at all. Like I would point you to people that clearly know more about this than me. One of them being um, Dr. Wayne Dyer, I find is a very good uh, teacher. He has really good little videos about manifestation um, Dr. Joe Dispenza, I only read one book. I know I've heard, um, not controversial, like some people love him, some people don't really like him, but I've read one book called Becoming Supernatural. And that was, um, it was huge in understanding just how like the brain works and, and how that like really just practical things and things that are actually happening in your body, chemically, physically, then have an impact on how you perceive your reality. In my 
experience, I really just, I, I imagine whatever I want. And then I start feeling the feelings that I would feel if I already had that. And usually it's gratitude, excitement, uh, joy. And then I try to stay in that place vibrationally in order to, rather than chase, chasing something, I'm, I'm becoming, what Joe Dispenza says, I'm becoming a magnet or I'm becoming a magnet to my future. Um, so if you, and these are things that talking about it feels weird until then you see, it's like, fuck, that actually happened. Like, I can't believe this is actually, like the power that we hold is massive and we don't really, really, really understand it. I don't really understand it. Um, I say, I would say simply just try it out, even just as an experiment, sit maybe in the morning for five minutes and just imagine whatever it is that you want with no fear. And then, yeah, feel that and say thank you for that and plant this little seed. Because then how things actually work, the mechanisms, I have no idea. But I know that doing that conscious first step of seeing it and then starting to act in a way, whether it's something you want to change about yourself, a situation you want to attract, um, you start living that as if it was already present or feeling as if that was already happening. And then honestly, life does the rest of the magic. I don't know how it works, but it seems to work. <laughs> uh, beautifully said. Yeah, I find for me the, and again, I, I echo Ricardo. Well, actually, I'm completely enlightened. You should definitely listen to me. And P.S. <laughs> PS buy, my, buy my 12-week course that will, that's uh, discounted okay. now, only, <laughs> only $10,000. Um, 9999 uh, But right. anyway, the, awesome. so from my side, uh, also, like I, I feel like life has blessed me in many ways, like, I think that when things shift for me is when I stop thinking too much about myself and I think more of how can I help um, just as far as manifesting mm. goes. Like the reality I want to live in is the one where people get what they need. And so if I can be a part of that, like being like, where can I serve? Where is my, where does my passion align with what people need? And then sort of like align myself to that. And then an, another thing that I think you touched on it, Ricardo, you talked about it is feeling the joy. So I focus more, mm -hmm. I think like, okay, I, th I think I want this thing. Like for example, like I want to live a life where I'm surfing three times a, a day or a week or whatever the story I have is, or, or I want a, a house or I want whatever the thing is. And then I go into what is the feeling around that and actually let go of a connection or an mm -hmm. attachment to the thing itself. Because if I can have the feeling the joy, the peace, the excitement, the fulfillment, the presence, the what, the health, the well-being, the peace, the inner peace. If I, ha if that state, if I am embodying that state, it doesn't matter what the thing is that I have. It could be mm. completely different to, like you said, like if if you had just been like, I want the feeling of just like knowing that I can sell this car to my friend. What does that feel like? <laughs> like maybe that you would have right, immediately but... found the, the, the car papers. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but Dang. anyway, for me, that kind of feels less, uh, I don't know. There's, there's, it feels more real to me that I'm focused more on a state of being rather than receiving mm. some specific thing from the outside to make me feel a specific thing. It's like, well, if I could just get to the feeling through practice and then I do the same thing, I'll breathe. I usually do it at the end. So I'll, 
as I start my morning practice, I will think what is the intention. And for me, it's almost always abundance where because I've really struggled with scarcity, a feeling of scarcity in my life, even though practically on a real level, I've had an abundant life. But I've, I constantly sabotage that because of feelings of scarcity. And so what I'll do is at the beginning of my practice, I'll sit just set the intention and even focus while setting the intention with a smile on my face. Like, just like, oh, wow, I get to set an intention. What a gift. Like, that's a gift. I just get to sit here and set an intention. That's awesome. And then let it go and then do my practice, breath work, meditation. And then right at the end, I will bring that. What will it feel like to be abundant, to be in a state of abundance? And then I take three deep, slow breaths into my belly, my chest, and I move the energy up into my head and I pause. And then as I breathe out, I really imagine that state, that feeling of abundance or whatever it is, inner peace sometimes I do or health. or And I'll just imagine moving that through all the cells of my being and then out into my energy field and out into the world. Just like, wow, that's what abundance feels like. And just feel that feeling. Um, so I think that for me, that that's really like the key piece is the state is what's critical rather than the actual external thing. Yeah. The state for sure. I was, I was remembering now because again, it may sound like super woo woo and what are they talking about? But honestly, like just in the last year and a half, the, the, the stuff that has happened where then I looked back and I was like, holy shit, that's exactly what I was like before I even reconnected with the woman that I, that then took me quote unquote to Costa Rica before Costa Rica was even on the map. Part of my visualization was I would imagine myself on a stage playing for a lot of people. And I would imagine playing with like the lyrical nomads with you guys, with Sam, like, and I would imagine the feeling of being like, and I would like see the whole thing, like a movie in my head, like I'm on stage, the crowd's going crazy. And then I say, please give it up for my good friends. And then you guys come out and it's just, and some days I would get so into this vision that I would have tears like of joy of like my, my whole body would be like buzzing. And I would actually feel like there were however many people like in just ecstatic that we were there. And then I would open my eyes, I would say, thank you. And I would like send out in the universe. And then I would kind of forget about it. The letting go is a huge part. I would not think, I was like, all right, that's done. That's the, and then I will go about my day. Mm. And then, and I did that for a while. And then I went on tour with Sam. Somehow life conspired that me and him would be there at the same time and we could do this tour. And I remember being there with him and like every now and then, like I would look at him, we'd be singing together and I look over and I was like, this feels a lot like what I was imagining when I was (laughs) home by myself in Italy on lockdown. I didn't make this happen until I've realized, whoa, this could actually totally happen. And then obviously you have to do your part, but you kind of meet life halfway or life meets you halfway uh, in, yeah, in magical ways that I don't understand, but it does work, I promise. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Well, I think that's a beautiful note to, to end this on is just because I was going to ask you the final question was going to be like, what would you suggest? Maybe you want to fill it out more in a different direction, but but what would you suggest to someone who's listening to this, who has realized that their life and the way that they are perceiving their world and the way they're experiencing their world isn't the way that they'd like it to be? What would you advise? What What would you do in that situation to start shifting and transforming in the direction that you want to head? And you, again, you may have answered that already, but just if there's anything else to add. For someone who's realizing that 
yeah, that there's that there's more that life is not what they thought. Um, well, I guess it's it's it, just to to clarify. There's like someone who's sitting and see feels maybe isolated and overwhelmed. Like they see mm. the world is not okay right now. Like the financial systems, mm, the mm, mm. monetary systems, the education systems. Like the whole thing is kind of a farce, and they want it. They want it to change. And now what? <laughs> right. Uh, I would say. Well, first of all, you're not alone. You're definitely not alone. Sometimes in this specific context, it's just about um, what is the, I saw that little meme, something that said like uh, your your vibe attracts your tribe or something like that. Which again, sounds super cheesy, but it's true. Um, the people that see the world the way you do, the people that feel the way you do can't find you if they don't know that that's how you feel. Um, <laughs> so I don't know exactly, but um, yeah, be be more of yourself. Uh, and they might might be scary, but like try because how would I know? Like maybe I want to invite you to watch a basketball game, but I don't know that you like basketball, you know? <laughs> So let people know you like basketball in this analogy. Um, something that helps me a lot is uh, to keep playing. The three kind of like uh, foundations that I, or little mantras that I have in my own life is be a friend, be a friend to yourself, be a friend to others, be a friend to the earth, be, but start being a friend with yourself. Don't be, don't be so hard on yourself. Don't treat yourself the way you would treat a good friend with that compassion, with that understanding, with that, hey, like, it's okay. Like, maybe tomorrow we'll figure it out. Or don't be, yeah, you don't need to be hard on yourself. Um, be a friend number one. Keep playing. Keep playing is a huge one for me because not just like, for me, it's like obviously keep playing music, but it brings an element of lightheartedness, you know? You could play in many ways, but to keep that, yeah, that lightheartedness is part of your life because it's so easy to like be really serious and like like obviously our world our society forces us to you know you know there's not a lot of time for play and that's a shame there should be time for play so it could be a little thing but definitely keep playing whatever happens and then the last one that we have explored is stay open to life just i feel like those three um they can already bring a, a, a big shift. And maybe it's not big at first, but the persistence that we spoke about, you know? Sometimes if you change your trajectory one degree now, it's not going to feel like it's a lot, but over time, you're going to end up in a completely different place. And maybe that's where you wanted to end up all along. Well, thank you again, brother. Um, I will definitely be happily sharing this and for the, all those listening to this after it's come out, fantastic. And to all you who are watching live, be sure to check out Roman Music if you haven't already uh, on, on the gram, R-O-A-M-A-N Music. This dude is legendary. His songs, the only warning I will give you is that they will get deeply, deeply embedded in your psyche and you will be <laughs> singing them for days and it'll be magnificent. But it's like, there's that term earworms. Thank you, I think bro. it's like, I don't know who, what country uses that term, but it's like really, they do, they crawl inside your brain. And they're, they're so good, man. So yeah. And I, I, I like that there's 
like if you're feeling like you're frustrated and you need to start on the whole like lockdowns and the chaos of what's been going on, start there, but then definitely move on to Spirit on Our Side and and the songs that are really like just a reminder of what we do want. I, I think that's also what we've been talking about. It's like we can only spend so much time focusing on what is wrong and what we don't want. And you said it earlier, paying attention, like where we pay attention, that's what we see. If you're hungry and you're driving through town, you see restaurants, like that just makes total sense. So if you are hungry for a connected life of meaning, purpose, the remembrance that we are already free, community, like connection, the whole vibe, if that's what you want, then pay attention to that. Give your attention to that. And you'll find it. It'll be there. So so trusting that. And, and again, thank you, brother. Um, it's it's a pleasure and an honor to to collaborate and connect with you as always. And I don't know if there's any other last words you'd like, but otherwise, thank you again. Really appreciate it. I just want to say thank you for putting this together and for for creating the space for us to have this conversation and for, for putting yourself out there and having these type of conversations, like we're already free. That's revolutionary in itself. So I just want to say I appreciate you and I hope uh, this goes this goes far and, and many, many people get to listen, not just to this conversation, but to all the other ones you're going to have with the epic people you're going to have on your uh, podcast. And I would just say if anybody checks out my music and is feeling it and wants to get more, I've started sharing weekly uh, unreleased new songs on my Patreon page. Um, so every week, I've just there's load of, lo- loads of songs that are just kind of sitting in my in my brain drawer that um, I'm excited to start sharing. So that could be a place where yeah, every week there's a new song, and uh, and then you also get to support my music musical projects. God knows there are many, and um, it's a good place to connect. Thanks again so much to my friend Roman for this beautiful conversation. We've spoken for years about how we should record our conversations. They often end up being so in-depth and rambling. Sometimes they go for hours. So I'm really grateful that I get to offer just this little insight, this little hint into what a conversation between myself and this dear friend are like. Uh, the best place to find his music and support him is to just go to the show notes, podcast.wearealreadyfree.com, podcast.wearealreadyfree.com. And that way you'll find all his links linked there to his website, his Instagram, his Patreon, and you'll find out loads more about him. I've also put heaps of the things we talked about, like the books we talked about, the video of the basketball awareness test, which, uh, which, Roman was speaking to which is amazing I did it and it blew my freaking mind um, and a few of the quotes and as I said yeah just just kind of some of the cool magical stuff so I really invite you to take this opportunity to pause before you begin the next thing you're going to jump into after this and and kind of sit with what is it you would like to take away from this like what is the value what have you found inside yourself that you didn't know you had what is it that you'd like to develop more of or even what challenges come up in you, what emotions rise up, whether challenging or positive, please let me know. You can also leave a voice note, which will also be in the show notes, podcast.wearealreadyfree.com and leave a voice note, ask a question, ask for some support and I will put it in a future episode. You know, Please be a part of this. Let's make this interactive. I, I would love to know who you are and what, what is alive for you in this moment. 
I this podcast like it's hard for me to to keep my words small because I love speaking and I love sharing stories so I'm really really trying to keep the intro like just to a few minutes just to really get the info out there that that helps people to enjoy these conversations with people I find super inspiring and then I'm using the end just to kind of connect with you a bit more for myself as I am and hoping that I can be of service and I would really love to be able to support you as a listener so again if you want to leave a voice note uh, send me a message uh, get in touch it's all again one more time at podcast.wearealreadyfree.com and let me know your thoughts this is a new podcast so yeah go there as well there's a link there to leave a review that is probably the most important action if you're wanting to support this podcast if you feel like whoa more people need to hear about this this is amazing is yeah go to podcast.wearealreadyfree.com you'll see a link in the show notes to review and and leave a review on wherever you listen and it makes a massive difference like how many more people get to listen to the podcast when there are more more reviews so that's what i would just ask and thank you so much either way enjoy 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 i wish you deep breaths i wish you calm i wish you connection and more than anything the remembrance that we are already free i'll see you next week mm-hmm.